Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name's Caitlin. My name's Jamie. And we're here to talk about movies. But what about them? The portrayal of women characters in oh, movies. Oh yeah, that's a good, that interesting angle. Very interesting angle. Hey, interesting I pitched angle. it one time to someone. They're like, here's a million dollars. I've never heard such a great idea. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> was, Thank you again for that million dollars. I had that million dollars. Yes. I've yeah. been spending it wisely. You'll be happy to know. Yeah. We give it all to Aristotle. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with it, Aristotle? He's buying bottles of Smirnoff ice to ice us with. Oh, that's, that's what he's doing. Do you think we've consumed a million dollars? Do you think anyone's ever consumed a million dollars worth of Smirnoff ice? No, but I think you're well on your way to consuming a million dollars worth of Mike's Hard Lemonade. You know what? That's uh, kind of mean to say, but also maybe you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it's to say possible. I, I, well, no judgment on my part. Well, if we're breaking it down financially, that's 500,000 Mike's Hard Lemonades. They only cost $2. <laughs> Well, it's a cost-effective road to ruin. (laughs) Sure is. There's time. There's time yet. Yes. So anyway, we're talking about um, the portrayal of women in movies. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. Often it's not. It's inspired by the Bechdel test, Mm -hmm. which requires that a movie has two female characters. They have to have names. They have to talk to each other. And their conversation has to be about something other than a man. Is that so much to ask? Apparently, it is. Sometimes. 
because a lot of movies don't pass the Bechdel test. Hey, because we're, we're talking about an older movie today. Yeah. Which I'm excited about. You watched an older movie that I asked you to watch called The Women, uh-huh. and you did not like it. Right. You you referenced it several times on the podcast. I was like, I should watch this movie. I love The Women. I don't like it for a number of reasons. First I'm of all... I'm triggered. I'm sorry. They do spend the entire movie talking about men and how they're all very distraught. But they're talking about it like this. Right. It's so much fun. Another reason I don't like... I I struggle with a lot of movies from that era because the acting style drives me nuts. Oh, that's what it sounds like inside my brain. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But we're talking about a movie that I like much better than that. But before we jump in, let's introduce our guest. Oh, that sounds wonderful. She's a comedian. She's done a one-woman show at the Fringe Festival called Let Me Be Your Main Man. And she's in a movie coming out called The Feels. Ever Maynard. Hi, Ever. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Also, The Feels would pass the Bechdel test because it's it? about the female orgasm. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Crazy. Perfect target. Crazy. <laughs> what if there it's... should be a version of the Bechdel test where there has to be a conversation about women coming. <laughs> it's like a subtest. I bet almost no movie would pass. I can't even. I'm trying to think of movies that like oh, you see a woman like come on screen and I'm thinking Pleasantville. Do you remember when her mom? No. I didn't oh, in the bath like, masturbates in the bathtub, mm. and then a, a tree catches what? on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then that prevented me from coming. Start a forest fire. Only you can cause forest fires by <laughs> orgasming. What an incredible notion to place in people's heads. <laughs> Careful, <you're> women. <laughs> You'll burn down our forests. <laughs> Hey, what's the I'm uh what's what's the movie today? Oh my god, the movie today is The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a special episode because it's not only your favorite movie ever, but mm-hmm. also Jamie, it's your favorite movie. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Me wow. too. It's the best. You can't it's, beat it. I mean, I love it. I I've seen it uh dozens of times. You know, I first saw it as a a kid. It was probably one of the first movies I ever saw. My mom made it a point to be like, "Caitlin, you're a person now with consciousness. Like your infantile amnesia is over. You can watch movies now. Watch this movie. So I probably first saw it when I was like four or five years old, uh, and I've been watching it on a regular basis ever since. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ever? When was the first time you saw it? Uh, pretty young as well. Yeah. yeah, but it used to come on. We would watch it every Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was a weird oh, thing. Nice. And then it would come on TV um, around Christmas. So it was this weird yeah. thing. And then my aunt had a VHS. So hell yeah, and then my mom had a VHS. So it's uh, brag. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like you grew up around uh, a lot of VHS, of VHS players. <laughs> yeah, holy shit! I don't even know what the letters stand for, but yeah. Oh wow, video. Wait, oh no, VHS. V- yeah, video something system. Yeah, that's system. my guess. Uh, what's we'll never know what that H stands for. <sighs> okay, it's gonna well, bother me. I'm not gonna Google it. I'm trying to be better at not googling things when I don't know what they are. And to just exist in, in uh, not knowing things. Oh, I could never do that. I have to know. I want to get as dumb as possible. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first see Wizard of Oz, Jamie? I don't remember the first time, but I went through, like, I, I saw it a bunch when I was a kid. And then for some reason, when I was in middle school, 
I saw it again, and that time got really, really, really into it for oh, like yeah. a couple years. Same, right? Where like, and I had like a huge like my mom gave me her old jewelry box at some point. For, I think because it was broken, there was no jewelry drawers <laughs> or jewelry. <laughs> but I used it to house my Wizard of Oz collection. Oh, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, did okay. you have a collection? Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. bracelets, necklaces, oh charms, God. t-shirts, posters. Day of the week underwear. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. yeah, I and I like had five different VHS editions mm-hmm. of like in my I think my family for a couple of years would just go to like Goodwills to search for Wizard of Oz shit to give oh, me yeah. on holidays. Yeah, <laughs> that's so crazy. Whoa. It was so like I and I, and by extension I like was obsessed with Judy Garland in middle school. I would tape all of her like they would have a birthday marathon for her oh. on uh, Turner Classic Movies every year, and I would tape them onto my little VHS tapes. And man, 1939, what a year for Judy Garland! My both of my favorite Judy Garland movies came out that year. She What's was, the other one? Well, I'm also a big old Mickey Rooney head, uh, <laughs> and my favorite uh, Andy Hardy movie she did came out that year, too. You mean Ed Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm yeah, she got a bunch of cool I hats. I correct you on your own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like somebody drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade wouldn't know. Uh, it's it's actually Mr. Ed Hardy. <laughs> Mickey Rooney, man, unfortunately he's not in this movie, but okay. if you ever get a chance to read or borrow my very large biography I own of Mickey Rooney. <laughs> He's fascinating. He went through, I mean, he was like notoriously bad with money. He was also so, he was like 14 inches tall or something. Also, he could not stop fucking. Like, he's so interesting. Yeah, he's uh, horny. Yeah, he is a horny little guy. But he went through a series of like really bad business decisions, like in his 40s when he was down on his luck. And off the top of my head, soda for dogs. That business did oh, not work out <laughs> Soda for Dogs is one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> the other one was uh, Round Hot Dogs. <laughs> oh, Mickey Rooney opened you a restaurant. Round Wait, this is familiar. You talked about this I on another episode. It. Did I? I remember, oh, no. I remember soda. No, 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 it's fine. But I remember <laughs> you saying soda for dogs because it reminded me soda, of yeah. Dip-A-Pet from Arrested Development. And then oh, when you, yeah, said, yeah, yeah. you said round hot dogs, I was like, isn't that just bologna? No, because is... it's like a hot dog donut that he was doing. And it was called, it was called like, <laughs> this isn't right, but it was in like rural Connecticut. And he opened like a business called like Mickey Rooney's Weenie Palace or something like that where they were, they, they were on. Mickey Rooney's Weenie. <laughs> was, yeah, his little Weenie Palace. And he would put the round donut hot dogs just on hamburger buns. So you're just getting less food. And amazingly, it didn't work out. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. I know I tweeted about it 400 times. Mickey Rooney had a failed business called Mickey Rooney's Weenie World that sold circular hot dogs. Wow. Thanks, Jamie. Two years ago. <laughs> well, this podcast is now about Mickey Rooney. Sorry. That's We're okay. not talking about Wizard of Oz. Rooney Head. For <laughs> yet. We're going to talk about Mickey Rooney and Rooney Mara. <laughs> Here's another excerpt from the Mickey Rooney biography. Uh, Mickey told us, quote, I bet Howard's going to offer to sign us, uh, me to a million-dollar contract. Then a minute later, maybe he wants to invest in Mickey Rooney macaroni. That's my best idea. I love Mickey Rooney. That was another plan of his, Mickey Rooney macaroni. I, like I mean, that. that at least sounds good. Like That's That has awesome. a good ring to it. I would buy that gotta, based gotta... on the name alone. <laughs> hey, should I do the recap? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Of what, Mickey Rooney or? Yeah, just, <laughs> just Mickey Rooney's, Rooney's business card. <laughs> 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 
Wizard of Oz is about a character named Dorothy Gale. She lives in Kansas with her Auntie M and Uncle Henry. Mm-hmm. There's this character named Miss Gulch. She wants to Myra kill her Gulch. dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like, no, don't do that. I'm going to run away from home so you can't kill my dog. And then there's a tornado. And she can't find her family. They've already gone down to the tornado cellar. And she goes in the house. And bam, she gets hit in the head. She's knocked unconscious. When she wakes up, whoa, she's in the middle of the cyclone. The cyclone transports her to the wonderful world of Oz. She wakes up. She comes out. She's in Munchkinland. She's like, what the fuck is happening? There's a good witch. She comes. She's like, lady, you're in fucking Oz now? And you can't get back home until you go to the Wizard of Oz who lives in the Emerald City. Frank Morgan. Mm -hmm. Beep, beep, beep. She sets out on this journey to go visit the Wizard of Oz because he's going to be able to help her return to Kansas. And on the way, she meets some friends. Scarecrow. He needs a brain. He's stupid. He doesn't have any brains. I can fix him. (laughs) Right. And then they meet the Tin Man. He doesn't have a heart. I he doesn't know how to have emotions. Jamie could fix him. I can fix him. Then they meet the Cowardly Lion. No interest in fixing that one. Yeah. me. I don't blame you. Yeah. And then, I meanwhile... Could. You could, but you don't if want you to. Want uh, to. Yeah, <laughs> if I wanted to. But I'm, Come on. I'm busy right now. <laughs> meanwhile, the witch is like, you guys... No, I need these... Oh, I forgot about the fucking ruby slippers. The yeah, doy. Come on. I do a very good recap. I just leave out important details. That's all. So she killed the witch's sister. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. Wicked Witch of the East. Wicked Witch of the East. And then the Wicked Witch of the West is now after Dorothy because Dorothy has the ruby slippers. Given her these... by Glinda. Okay. Glinda, Sorry. Right. Yeah, I know. This is let me just... Okay. <laughs> skipping a lot of important things. <laughs> Guys, a tree just burned down somewhere. <laughs> because of... <laughs> Because I'm in the middle of an you made orgasm. Me so upset that I <laughs> That's the, both the sound of an orgasm and a tree falling to the ground. Oh. I know. So I was about to make a joke where it's like if a tree falls down in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it happen? But can the same be applied to a woman's orgasm? Like if no one's around to hear the woman orgasm, does it actually it happen? happen? Sometimes I hope not. <laughs> Yeah. My roommate's home, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Wish I could take that loud? one back. <laughs> was I loud all alone? <laughs> you know what I mean. So the the witch is after Dorothy because she wants Dorothy's ruby slippers. She wants Dorothy, though. She, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, like, wants to burn down a tree with Dorothy. Well, she kind of, she throws a lot of fireballs at Dorothy. So she's like, that's foreplay for her. Well, okay, Hmm. Let's get back on path. <laughs> because you mean the yellow brick road? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm getting defensive over this movie. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry to have butchered. Okay. They finally reach Emerald City. And the, and the great and powerful Oz is like, fuck you guys. Go bring me the, the Wicked Witch's broomstick. So they're like, I thought you were just going to give us the things we wanted. He's like, no. I want something in return. Mm -hmm. So then they have to go to the witch's castle, but there's all these flying monkeys. They capture her. They take Dorothy. She locks her in a tower. And then what happens? I've forgotten. I don't know. Are you being for real? Okay. I remember. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, we just, we all just watched it. I know. Slash, it's one of those movies that I'm convinced if I like close my eyes and really focused, I could watch the whole movie inside of my head. (laughs) Like one of those. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to be able to do that with 
Yo! <laughs> See, everybody knows. <laughs> uh, right, so uh, the Tin Man and the uh, Scarecrow and Lion have to save her. Yeah. And they're being chased by all the bad guys who live in the witch's castle. Finally, they confront the witch, and she's like, I'm going to burn down the straw man. And she takes a, Dorothy takes a bucket of water to put out the fire. It splashes on the witch. Boom, she's melted. She liquidates. So then they bring back the broomstick to the wizard, and he's like, oh, I don't know, this is not good enough. Come back tomorrow. And Dorothy's like, fuck you, you promised us. What are you doing? And then it's revealed that this great, magnificent Oz is actually just a man behind the curtain. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm a fraud, I'm a piece of shit, but here, here's the things you already had all along. Scarecrow, you already had a brain. You were already the smartest one. Tin Man, you were already the, the most sensitive one. You just need a little clock heart to feel better about yourself. Right. And then the, and then he's like, cowardly lion, you're not a coward. You're brave. You yeah. have been this whole time. Can we take a time out right here? Yeah. This is something that's bothered me. So he pins a medal on the cowardly lion, mm-hmm. but he is wearing fur. So clearly he has to pierce through the fur and the skin. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. He doesn't go out. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I can wear this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's a work. he's a brave boy now. He can't <laughs> yeah, show he, any sort of. <laughs> he can't feel pain anymore. <laughs> he's just like, no, he does, but he has to pretend like he. He's like, uh, I'm fine with this. So now he's just like all man. everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's brave. He is strong. If he bleeds, he will not call attention to it. <laughs> right, and then the story. So the story ends, yeah, but yeah. now. Dorothy still hasn't gotten home to Kansas. I know, what's up? And he, so the wizard's like, let me take you there in my hot air balloon. Swilling has a hot air balloon? Right. (laughs) Never get in a stranger's hot air balloon, number one. (laughs) Uh, But he accidentally leaves without her, so then Glenda the Good Witch shows up, and she's like, you had the power to leave all along, but you still had to go on this journey to realize you had this power. A lot of burying the lead in this movie. Mm -hmm. Right? (laughs) Yeah. So she taps her heels together three times. She returns home to Kansas, a.k.a. she wakes up from a dream. It was all a dream. Or was it? We don't know. I think it was a parallel metaphysical universe. I like that theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going canon, if we're going L. Frank Baum canon. Get ready. I'm going to talk about some political allegories. Right. Okay, great. Good thing we got a party vibe going. Yeah, party vibe. That's, sorry about all the music. That you, if you guys can hear this music, it's uh, there's a show downstairs in the Nerd Mount showroom. Do I work there? Yeah, I do, but I don't have any power over making them turn their music down. Please so don't write this part out. <laughs> Let's be completely clear. Yes. Party vibe episode. Party yeah, vibe. I like party it. Vibe. I like it. It's very Mary Kay and Ashley. You're invited <laughs> to the party vibe episode. Of course. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're in the party vibe. We're going to talk about some political party shit. This isn't relevant. Like, by the time the movie came out in 39, this was no longer relevant. But the L. Frank Baum, like, original kid story was supposed to be this political allegory that was uh, about America in the 1890s. Where we've got Dorothy, she's the everyman, very naive, every woman. Mm -hmm. Scarecrow represents the farmers. Tin Man represents industrial workers. Cowardly Lion is a metaphor for William Jennings Bryan, which I'm sure was hard-hitting stuff at the time, but I do (laughs) not know who that is. (laughs) Uh, And then it gets a little bit racist. Uh, So the Wicked Witch of the West was supposed to actually represent the American 
west because this is around some gold rush mm-hmm. shit. People are out in California looking for gold. And then the flying monkeys are supposed to represent the indigenous people uh, out in the west that uh, people were, you know, uh, actively massacring so as to access the gold. Sure. Unclear where L. Frank Baum stood on this, but he did make them evil witch monkeys so chances are he was not a fan and he wanted the gold but i don't know but anyways right. just some fun context yeah, yeah. but i appreciate it here's my question yes but at the end when dorothy melts the witch all the guards and everyone is like oh thank god we've been under that spell that's true so that's true so maybe maybe the you know indigenous people were under the spell of, of the West. Of, the, of, of the gold. West. <laughs> They're under the gold spell. <laughs> they got gold fever. I gotta get it. <laughs> I gotta get it. I gotta have it. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just like... <laughs> and then, the, oh yeah, and then, okay, the every man is like, hey, there's no gold. And then the person who's like, hey, there's gold, melts. And then everyone's like, wait a second. We've been duped. Yeah. We've been duped. It's almost Girl, as I if imagine... saying there's more to life than gold and money. <sighs> Not and consumerism, but like consum- maybe. Well, I mean, in Munchkinland, you have all the different guilds: the Lollipop Guild. Oh, and that's like, a Hollywood so Union thing I for sure. Say, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was say, that's not a part of the book. Yeah, <laughs> I would. <laughs> I would. I mean, maybe the the guards who work at the witch's castle they have their own union, but they like they were having trouble. Like the guards are actually saying something too, and I always forget what it is. But they're saying, "Is it all clear. we own? We own." Like any wealth that they own, like they actually owe to continue to they, speculate. As a, <laughs> so. do you, no, it's all. We, oh yeah, all we own, we owe her. Oh yeah, wow. that's the Winky chant because the guards are called the Winkies, and yeah. that's like more canon shit. There's the land of the Winkies. Whoa, that's pretty deep though. Right, right. Wow. I wonder whose idea it was to chant that. Do you think the witch was like, you know what we should make clear? <laughs> you owe me. Around the castle. Yeah. But how powerful that it's a woman in charge. True. Yeah. True. This is a very female-centric movie. All the females mm-hmm. are in charge in this movie. Yeah. True. Aunt M, yes. Myra Gulch, in charge. A bitch, mm-hmm. for sure. Totally. I don't know if I'm allowed right. to say that on this cast, but for sure a crude, oh, no. terrible woman. Yep. And she, she owns a lot of land. Which was, I imagine was kind of uncommon for that era. But now that I'm a strong Christian woman, I can't tell you. Right, what was she going to tell? What was, she was going to call her a, cunt. a C-word. <laughs> just... I would have loved to hear that in like the Newsies accent that everyone spoke in at that time. <laughs> Do you know what I really like, though, about this movie is when Dorothy is like, and am, and am, they're going to take Toto. And she's like, not now, Dorothy, we're counting chickens. And they're just counting these chickens. And they're like, and she just goes, that's 70. And like, <laughs> Over seventy chicks. It's like what? And the your chicks w- might die. That's what they're saying. It's like this incubator's gone bad, and now we got to count all the chicks. But how many chickens do they need? We're liable to lose a lot of chicks. They've got There's one horse. Farm. <laughs> no, but they also have uh, hogs. Like, yeah, they, they get, must be um, wealthy. They got hogs. I don't know hogs. if they were wealthy. Ooh, hogs they out were... moment. Everyone, take your hogs out. Hogs out. <laughs> How did I not write that down as a thing to say on this episode? We should be saying hogs out in every episode, and I think we've gotten close. <laughs> yeah. Not quite. You heard it first on the Boogie Nights episode, and since then, I think we've mentioned it. That's true. So if you're listening to the podcast right now, hogs out. whip out that hog and, <laughs> and continue to listen to the discourse. <laughs> 
talking. Here's a curious thought I had before we like get into some really cool and, and like intelligent discussion. Okay. I want to know where does the red brick road go? Where does the re- oh you know in the oh in the, the spiral the spiral so in one direction it, it takes the yellow brick road but then inside that spiral there's a red brick road that goes elsewhere why don't we ever find out about that probably just goes to a suburb <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure it goes to cleveland if you yeah. follow the red brick road maybe she should have just gone that way and then she wouldn't have had to meet all those dumb yeah. guys is uh is Wizard of Oz in public domain? Because I want to like readapt this and and find out where the red brick road goes. The Wizard of like the book? Yeah, I don't think so. Well, do they address it like in Return to Oz or anything like that? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't really remember I that much like about the that movie. I didn't. I I mean I I had three versions of it, but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I've never seen no. It it's. Is. It's one of those like, oh, it's a dark reimagining. I, uh, I don't know. I see. Just let me have my fun. Two eighties, if you ask me. <laughs> it is extremely eighties. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, but see... I enjoy the Wiz. I, you know what? I've never seen the Wiz either. I really want to watch it. But if you ever get a chance, watch the Muppet Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's that a fun one. Nice, yeah. yeah. Wait, who's Dorothy in that one? Shit, I know Queen Latifah is Auntie M, and then is it Ashanti? I think you might be right. I remember there's the uh, one with Zoe Deschanel, and oh, that was a that was a stinky that one. one. That was that called was like Tin a, Man. That was like a sci-fi original, like sucked. miniseries or something. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Didn't care for it. Uh, Ashanti is Dorothy. Also, Jeffrey Tambor is the wizard in that movie, which I did <laughs> I not remember either. either. Well, now you know. Now I know. Oh, Wizard of Oz is public domain. Aristotle just looked it up. Thank you. Oh, okay. Cool. So I'm gonna write a new. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fucking write a script about the red brick road. I wasn't. I didn't think of this, but can uh, can I say something very embarrassing? Yes. That I did when I was 13. Okay. So I was a precocious young child. I wore a back brace. Had a lot of free time. Uh, not a lot of friends. So what I decided to do in junior high, when I was like getting really, really into the Wizard of Oz, I was like, I'm gonna write a sequel to the wizard of oz <laughs> and i wrote a like a really long i guess it was like a book that i wrote and i was like 12 and then i registered it with the library of congress wow so somewhere there is a copy of a uh, wizard of oz sequel i wrote non-canon perhaps a fun read i have no way of knowing there's exactly one copy of it in the entire world but i was very proud of it and it was a way for me to not have friends for an entire year and feel fine. How many pages was it? I don't know. I know that I, I remember Googling on, you know, my parents' dial-up internet, how long is a novel, finding out that number of words, clearing that number of words, and being like, all right, how do we wrap this up? We did it. We did it. We got there. Whoa. So you wrote like a full... Yes. But shit, man. She said she had no friends. <laughs> I had no friends. <laughs> for a year. <laughs> That's plenty of time <laughs> to write. To write, I'm just impressed that uh, someone of that age can write. Yeah, can I read, didn't say write, it was stand upright. Anything. I could. I could have pasted She's the wearing same a back word. Brace. For, yeah, I was trapped. I was in prison. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at that. All I did was take algebra tests and think about the Wizard of Oz. Oh, did you enjoy That's algebra? No, I didn't. I wanted. I, I don't. I I was bad. <laughs> I, I was bad. I was very bad at math, and I wanted to be good at it. 
but I wasn't. If you remember from the Mean Girls episode, I was a mathlete. So I know you were. I was a. I was a, a woman in STEM. I was a woman you in STEM. Bitch. Hey, let's talk about the female characters in this movie. Sure. We've got, as you already mentioned, basically any woman on screen is probably in charge or mm-hmm. of something. She's, yeah. uh, you know, strong and powerful. We got uh, Auntie M, who we don't see on screen that much, only really in the beginning and then uh, right at the very end. I love Auntie M. I love when she screams for Dorothy in the middle of the, like, Dorothy, like that. <laughs> they barely look for her like they're yeah <laughs> i wonder if that happens after the right after the movie ends like wait a second did you try to find me <laughs> right <laughs> we had just closed the doors too yeah the storm sound like it's too it's too you damn can't bad open those doors once they're closed they're, uncle henry he came down hard she was like let's look for our niece and we he can. was like no <laughs> get in here <laughs> yeah then she's like all right you're right she's not our biological daughter She's just our sister's daughter. Right. Our debt. Which, our, we don't know what happened. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's speculating. Check out my sequel for, <laughs> for, some, <laughs> for the answers. For some hot speculation. <laughs> right, and then uh, Dorothy gets knocked unconscious by what a is window. clearly a plastic window hitting her in the arm. No. <laughs> it was a glass window pane with wood. Uh-huh. Hard it's, to watch. Yeah. Hits her in the back of the head. <laughs> don't. That, <laughs> hard to watch hard to watch <laughs> i do remember being like very startled by it as a kid like when i'd have to like close my eyes when i knew that part was about to happen because it would always startle me when like the window comes out of the yeah bam oh god <gasps> hey speaking of startling as a kid we used to look for the guy who hung himself did you guys do that yeah yes. oh yeah yes but then once they that was debunked. pumped it up to high def they took thing. it out yeah it's a bird yeah or that's what they'll tell you <laughs> Oh it could no! Have been a uh, Wizard of Oz truthers out there, though. <laughs> no, even in the old VHS tapes, they had the Hanging Man. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, you're going to Culver City later. Mm-hmm. Culver City Hotel. And they had like a Wizard of Oz diorama, like in the front of their hotel, and so I stop because I'm like, hey, this is relevant to my interest. Apparently, the Munchkins were staying at the Culver City Hotel, and the Culver City Hotel to their discredit they tout in the diorama that they had the munchkin sleep four to a bed <gasps> during the production of the movie it says it in the diorama i don't uh know a whole lot about this but like i mean were they being exploited was there like exploitation happening like technically that's... yes but i don't think you could find like a, a someone who participated in that movie as a munchkin that felt that way mm-hmm. not that i it used to be two two of my favorite early youtube searches were like munchkin interviews now (laughs) and titanic survivor interviews now just like to watch withered old people talk about the good old days yeah yeah but i think most of the munchkins seemed they were proud to be a part of it i don't know if they're okay with it i can't can't speak for them so it's true we can't speak for them we can't speak we can't speculate for them but well, I was I wasn't sure if there's any sort of like um, if they had anyone of them had come forth and been like they were exploiting us or they cheated blah, blah, blah. us. But I think a lot of the studios back in the day like exploited all of their actors like twelve dollars a day or like thirty dollars. You know, like it wasn't yeah. like it was now. Like they were just like, we know you're going to work for this amount of money. 
And if you don't, we're going to make somebody else a star. So what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. So if you're thinking, yeah, like if we're if we're getting into the nitty gritty, you know, Judy Garland is actively being turned into a drug addict during the production of this. Exactly. Movie. Yeah. Uppers, downers, uh, uppers, downers. She's calling go Mickey at night saying, are you up? Or are you down? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> Macaroni. I'm busy. I'm busy thinking of ideas. Rid of I'm ideas, man. I'm an ideas man now. <laughs> Come over, try some soda for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> there he was married this... Ava Gardner. It's Whoa. crazy. Okay, I'm done. In Chicago, there's, sorry, one last thing before we're talking about Wizard of Oz. There's a Frank L. Baum park, and there's a Wizard yes. of Oz park. I used to ride my bike there and like take walks all the time when I was in Chicago. It was really nice. Oh, my God. The, the first time I visited Chicago, that was like... My first stop. I was oh like, yeah, I gotta go. Horny like, for that park for sure. <laughs> now every tree in that park has since On burned down. Fire! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole park burst into flames the second I got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to. I mean, this is such an iconic movie. Like everyone knows the story. Everyone knows Dorothy. Mm-hmm. She's such an iconic character. Is she a good character? Let's talk about it. I mean, I don't think Dorothy is the strongest female character in this movie, per se. But I think that she is she's sort of the avatar that we're supposed to plug ourselves into. And she sort of guides us through Oz. And she's also a kid, so it's kind of hard to, is hard to make the argument that it's like, why isn't she in charge of it? Like, she's a kid. Right. How old uh, is she supposed to be? Like, teenager? That's an fourteen, sixteen. In the book, she's supposed to be like I think eleven or twelve. But oh. also, Shirley Temple was almost Dorothy mm-hmm. in this movie. It was almost a very. I don't think that the movie would have been that. I don't know. Rememberable. Yeah, like it would have been another memorable. Rememberable. Hey, y'all got a story night on my bed. But I think yeah, I, I think if Shirley Temple had been in it, it would have been another Shirley Temple movie as opposed to what it is. But right. Dorothy's supposed to be younger than Judy Garland is mm-hmm. in this movie because they, like, strapped her breast down for this movie. Like, she's supposed to seem younger even though I think she's 15 or 16 and kind of looks it. Yeah. But she's supposed to be, like, I think 12. Got it. Okay. But also, like, think, like, she's from a small town in Kansas. Her only friend is Toto. Like, she's ride or die for this dog. Right. Like, a she woman's going to kill her dog and she's like, we got to run away. <laughs> <laughs> like, so she's in the, first of all, now there's color everywhere. She's seeing all these crazy things. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's insane. It, wasn't this the first movie in Technicolor? I think it was a, one of the first widely released ones. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had the best... Can you? Is there a better Technicolor gimmick in the world than starting in not Technicolor and then the big old reveal? Boom, 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 it's boom, boom. so good. It's so still good. so good. It so rules. Good. Not unlike Pleasantville. The, that movie starts in... That movie came out in 1998. Yeah, they have the technology. I don't yeah. think so. I don't, I don't <laughs> think I wasn't so. jazzed about it. <laughs> no I'm trees just trying to draw a lot of parallels, as many as I can, to Pleasantville. Grow up. I think okay. that... Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> I think Dorothy, for who she is, is a great female lead. You know, yeah. like, she does the best she can. She is kind of weirdly leading this ragtag group. Yeah. She does make a lot of. I mean, she's the vehicle of the story. She she's the driving force. She's grow and she's quick. like the moral center too, mm-hmm. which I mean, I guess is like kind of a traditionally feminine role. But like, she helps everyone she can. She doesn't operate against her own moral code at any point, really. Mm-hmm. It's no sex. 
No, no sex. sexual tension. <laughs> she does not fuck. She does not have. Cr- she doesn't even have a crush. She doesn't have a crush. Although on you know, at the end, where you're like, did she have a crush in the scarecrow? Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna Maybe. miss you most of all. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I see it, I get it. If you gotta go for one, that's the one you go for. Right. I his, his name is Hunk. That guy's character. His name is literally he's a, Hunk. He's a Hunk. He, you know, I really like Ray Bolger. He was also, if you're a, if you, if you like Ray Bolger, you gotta check him out in those Follies movies of the late 20s and early 30s. He's a great tap dancer. Check out hmm. his. Check out that guy's tapping. All right. He's you did have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, I mean, I would say that. Yeah, she is a, especially for the era. I mean, I think. The portrayal of women has both gotten, like, it's gone in different directions where, like, sometimes women are portrayed really horribly in Mm -hmm. mainstream cinema. But we've also, like, progressed a bit since then. So considering the era of the late 30s when this movie was I think it's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. 1939, Mm -hmm. for sure. And then if we get into all the secondary female characters, they're pretty much all, for better or worse, in charge of something. Because if we start with... Annie M. She, you know, Uncle Henry is he's just a joker. He's a doofus. <laughs> yeah. I think the best indicator of who he is is, is like after Annie M. flips out at Miss Gulch and leaves, and then Uncle Henry just sits there like, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just laughing. He's just, yeah, he's <laughs> like, just another day. Like, mm-hmm. he's just a sweet little simpleton, which I, which is great. And good for him, but you know he's a beta man, a beta male. Yeah, I love a good beta. Yeah, you know, I know. you gotta love a beta. Uh, Uncle Henry is not ashamed of being a beta. No, no. he loves it. Except loves when it, it comes to hey, get, get in the basement. This. Yeah, I'm scared of this tornado. Yeah, typical beta move. <laughs> true, true. But, yeah, and then yeah, I mean the other male characters in relation to the female characters, like they all have some sort of shortcoming where they're, they need to go to the wizard to like fix this exactly. problem of theirs. And they're all, they're all kind of cucks. They're kind of cucks. And these are all things that Dorothy already has. She already has brains. She already has a heart. Mm-hmm. She, she has, has courage. She just didn't know it. True. Oh, well, I think, and I don't know. That. I think she did. She was just like, I've got this stuff. I just need to get home. I'm a complete person as is. I'll take all you half men with me so that we can. (laughs) I think they were full men. They just had been through a lot. Yeah, they had their. And I do appreciate that every (laughs) single. (laughs) You don't have men, my men. (laughs) I got three men. (laughs) I got three whole men here. No, there's three half men, a.k.a. one and a half men. One and a half men. men. Hated that television show. (laughs) Um, There's. No, there. Well, I. I, I, When I was watching it earlier today, because I hadn't seen it in three or four months, baby. <laughs> but the Scarecrow, Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion all at some point do specifically ask her, can I come with? Mm-hmm. Which is like such a sweet beta thing to do. Like, hey, I know you're on your way somewhere, but like, I promise it won't be too much trouble. And she's like, get over here, you yeah. dumb idiot. I feel like that or like, they're like, I have this problem and she's like I'm scared okay it's you can come with us she's based that's why I love Dorothy she's like I can fix you yeah <laughs> I'm like this is how I go through life get on I yeah, I can fix you mm-hmm. and then eventually you know if I can't uh, I'm gonna get in this hot air balloon gotta go you know there's also a, a several different scenes where they're confronted with an obstacle of some sort and like all the other characters are like Oh God! How do we handle this? What do we do? And she's just like, "No, this. Let's be level-headed about it." Yeah, yeah. 
for example, whenever the cowardly lion is intimidating the Tin Man and the Scarecrow before we know he is, in fact, cowardly, and he's, like, chasing around Toto, she's like, bam, slaps him in the face. Uh, my she favorite slap ever. A downward <laughs> slap. Not a slap across the face. That's a, a kitty hor- slap. A horizontal. It's, a, it's a, a vertical slap. She volleyballs him. Yeah, spike. You know, hot take. I don't like the Cowardly Lion. I find him very obnoxious. Oh, I hate all I his songs. I fast forward through King of the Forest every time. Same. I don't like it. I don't like his his other song either when he's first introduced because he goes from bawling oh, like well, a baby. Forty five seconds long. Yeah, but even so, it's King too of the much. Forest. I say cut it. Put back in the deleted number, the Jitterbug. Oh, I have the soundtrack, and they ha- so yeah. good. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's so good. The- when does that supposed to happen? When they're in the forest, when they're about to get to Oz, oh, yeah, um, yeah. and they're hearing like the monkeys, and then they're, it would have dated the movie in a way that it's not dated otherwise, but uh, it's a very catchy little tune where they all do the jitterbug in the forest, <laughs> and the jitterbug is supposed to be like an actual bug. Oh, catchy little tune, though. I like the Cowardly Lion. He's... Really? I, I feel guilty for not liking him more. I don't know what it is. I can see him being annoying, though. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's annoying. I also like don't like the like aesthetic of him, like the makeup and the costume. He's a little scary. I don't... I yeah. mean, the suit is, like, pretty intense. Like, it's cool. I like the suit. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe, I'm, maybe I don't like Bert Lahr for some reason. Can I also say something about... <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, oh, just Anna, one more thing. She yells at them to get Dorothy out of that hog pen. I wrote this down because I kept cracking up about it. She's like, get, get Dorothy out of that pen before they worry themselves into anemia. <laughs> Yeah, she's such a boss. Oh yeah, and then she's like, "Hickory, I saw you messing with that contraption." She's (laughs) like, "Yeah, yeah." she's like, "You." She threatens to fire them. She's She's like, "I know." Yeah, she is. She's a boss. She's She's like, "Okay, nasty gal." Basically, (laughs) girl boss. Yeah, girl boss. Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada. (laughs) That's Annie M. I like Annie M. a lot, and I. But I really do want to know if Dorothy ever asked her, like, "Hey." Did you look for me? Did you? And, you know, Annie M could be like, well, barely. Yeah. I well, out. you did run away. Right. <laughs> to be in my defense, <laughs> you didn't seem to want to be with me. But there, that's another uh, that I would put on, what's his name, Professor Marvel, uh, where Professor Marvel in, the, in that great scene, because I love Frank Morgan, where... You know, he's pretending to be a psychic and all this stuff. And then he's like, ah, your aunt is dying. Like, go away. And and then he sees the storm coming and is like, see you later. Like, doesn't offer her any help. And he's like, poor girl, hope she makes it. (laughs) Drops his weird British accent and is like, damn, hope she lives. Like, it's just, it's, but he's at the end, too, and offers no, right. Yeah, I sent her out into the twister. Pretty amazing that she didn't fucking get <laughs> snuffed by this storm, you know? She just has a severe concussion now is all. Yeah. But also, when you see Hunk at the end, I'm like, I get it. Hunk is a hunk. Hunk is a hunk. Also, I know he can tap. So mm. that's just like, all right, now I know. Subliminally, you're like, so I'm like, yes. why aren't you tapping? What's his last name? Bulger? It's like, yeah, hey, you, you make my pants tell a bulger. You did it. <laughs> You did it in a mad. One thing that I noticed that I uh, didn't quite realize before is that Dorothy effectively dreams in three-act structure. 
She has a dream, and now the story that unfolds is like a perfect movie. Why can't I dream like that? Here I am wasting my time getting a master's degree in screenwriting. If I could just oh my get hit on the head and fall asleep and have a, a dream about, like, have a movie in a dream, and then I can wake up and be like, I'll just write this down. But, like, tell us more about your master's degree. Yeah, what was that too. like? Yeah. <laughs> Elephant books. I, <laughs> <as a> cat. <laughs> I read three books. Okay, so she dreams in three act structure. She also has a dream where basically she is like the queen of the world. She like kills a witch and then the munchkins are like, we're going to make a bust about you. You're going to go down in the Hall of Fame. What delusions of grandeur does Dorothy have where she's like, you're... She's confident. Whole community is yeah, like... Yeah, she's confident. She's confident. Okay. I like, I like it. that better yeah. than what I said. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, and let's talk about the witches, too. We'd be remiss to not talk about the witches. Glinda, the good witch, she's also in charge of sort of everything. Everyone's always stoked to see her. Yeah. She's never particularly helpful, sort of just like a wisdom dispenser. I will say, with Glinda, she is mm-hmm. a bit of an antagonist because Ooh. she, when the house dropped on the Wicked Witch of the East, she had the ruby slippers. Mm-hmm. And the Wicked Witch is like, which one of you killed my sister? And she's like, aren't you forgetting something? The slippers? And she has this look in her eye like you can't do anything. <laughs> and then when she goes to get the slippers, they go. And they're now they're on Dorothy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't worry, Dorothy. You just keep those shoes on. Yeah, don't take them off. <laughs> she they must be very powerful. Or she wouldn't want them so badly. She knows. She Gl- knows the answer yeah. to that question. Yeah. She knows the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is, like, you know, Wicked Witch of the West, I get it. She's a bad guy. We don't like her. However, she just lost her sister. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) did she really want those slippers? Because she knew what those slippers could do. She knew. She knew that the infinite power. And also, how much power are we putting into accessories? Is that a commentary on something? Never thought about it. True. Uh, but Why does it have to be, you know, women be shopping. A hot women, accessory. Women be loving shoes. I don't know, but I love Wait. buying red <laughs> shoes. It's a little secret with myself. Oh. Wow. Sorry. I mean, what's the alternative? I suppose like a medallion, a necklace of some kind. It's always it's yeah. always like a piece of yeah, and that's jewelry I mean, or a trinket or the a ring. A, a, the ring. Do you think <laughs> that there's a symbolism of Adam and Eve when she goes to pick the apples from the apple trees? Ooh, interesting. I, I just never thought, thought about that. that. And they're like, ow, why would you like it if I picked your apples? <laughs> maybe it's, I thought um, that's a deep sexual allegory. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, you. I did not consent to you touching my apples. And she's like, ow. Oh, it's 1939. That's what no I'm going to say. No, 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 come no. on. <laughs> not a word in the zeitgeist. And they were just like, hey, this would be pretty funny, right? I <laughs> was interested, uh, like, re-watching it this time. I'm like, damn, those tree costumes are really good. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, because you're watching it in, like, high def. You're like, those tree costumes are still dope, and they're a little bit scary. But you're, and I think the Scarecrow and the Tin Man are really great, too. I, I and mean, the Lion, too, but I don't everything like looks uh, the, it, the movie's very well done. Shout out to... Victor Fleming, what a year for him, truly. Because he also directs Gone with the Wind in the same year. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this is like, this is his fucking year. And was he a good guy? No. <laughs> D- did he enjoy directing these movies? No. Didn't Who he? said that? He said he didn't like it? Well, like every... <laughs> I'm a big old Gone with the Wind head as well. Oh, yeah, when she made that dress out of those curtains. Uh, okay. Yeah. Pulls that turn up. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> That's the part that we all love as fans. <laughs> well, because he was kind of like... Sorry. Rip. Rip Butler. 
He raped his wife. Wild. Anyways, that's a different episode. <laughs> In The Wizard of Oz, we've got to hand it to them. No one gets raped. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, Victor Fleming directs both of these movies. He is not the first chosen director for either of these movies. And arguably, he's kind of like a figurehead for both of them. But great year for him. Mm-hmm. Great year for Victor Fleming. Great year for Technicolor. Yeah, <laughs> true. I want to go back to Dorothy. So, yeah, we should. Uh, Dorothy, as I was sort of mentioning before, she is like the driving force of the story. Most of her actions influence the direction the story takes in some way. So she's like very clearly the protagonist. She she does have to be saved at one point whenever the witch captures her and locks her in the tower and the she tower. flips over a an hourglass and she's like, you have this much time to live. Which she mocks her. That's so good. Pretty funny. Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) And she's uh, always threatening to kill. She's like, put the dog in the river and drown it. Just man, she is a mean. I love her. Yeah, I love her. Like they do have to come in and save her, which is a trope that we are always finding. But I would argue, unlike most gotta save the girl in tower tropes they probably wouldn't have been able to do that had she not infused them with a little bit of self-worth and self-confidence beforehand that's true would the cowardly lion have gone for it if he hadn't met dorothy and all his new pals first i would say probably not i would say probably not that's true that's so, something but also okay she's a lady going on her own path to get to the wizard but mm. the witch is on her own path to get those shoes so True. really the witch is kind of the powerful one that doesn't need to be saved i mean you can For look sure. at it a different way and as She's- if unless i'm forgetting something everyone who works for the witch is a very large man yeah it's the flying Our, monkeys and then who, the winkies yeah the wink- they're men right. mhm yeah. yeah she has an all male workforce who Shit, like are contractually obligated to shout her praises at all times. That's <laughs> yeah, they're like sick. the little worker bees, and she's like the queen bee. Yeah, and they all secretly want her to die, but like, hey, that's part of being the boss sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, although it happens sort of accidentally, Dorothy does defeat the villain. She throws water on the witch, sort of by Ooh. accident. But yeah, it. yeah. It's like not in, she didn't make like a deliberate effort to be like, I'm going to defeat you now. She just throws it and it accidentally lands on the witch. But, I mean, it, they get what they... She she sets out to do a thing and then she does it. And um, the all-male workforce are more than willing to embrace her as their new leader. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we're used to women in charge over here. You know. You step up now. I think... And she's like, I'm busy. I got a bust going up at, in Munchkin Land. Right. I'm in their Hall of Fame. Right. Why can't you guys what? figure all yeah. my out? <laughs> Yeah, like, how long have you been here? <laughs> Surely someone knows what's going on. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about the makeover sequence of they get, yeah, <laughs> they get to the wizard in the Emerald City? Oh, yeah. Frank Morgan plays a great series of characters before we get to the wizard. And, you know, he's like, go away. There, no one wants to see you. Yeah. And then they're like, Please but what ring. if we get a <laughs> <Yeah>. makeover? <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. (laughs) (laughs) But then even that, like, you know, if that was like an all, that's really the only other time we see women in Oz. Besides, you know, there's female munchkins, Mm -hmm. there are the witches, and then there are the people in in the Emerald City who do the makeover uh, sequence, which 
I, as weird and like arguably, I guess, needless as it is, I love the makeover sequence. Can you even dye my eyes to match my gown? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jolly good town. It's great. It's great. Yeah, and then they're like, take out those pigtails. Let's do an updo. Mm-hmm. And then go meet the wizard who sucks. He sucks. Yeah, but they look great when they meet him. <laughs> That's <laughs> all that matters. Yeah, the wizard is like, he's like the biggest cuck of them all. He like does this whole, oh, look, I'm a fire and brimstone. I got a huge wizard head and I'm this great <laughs> and all-powerful Oz. Yeah, it's and been then, done before, Power Rangers. <laughs> uh-huh. Did they even check? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and then he turns out to be a total uh, fraud, a phony. And then... That's a lot is... of the guys in this movie. There's not really mm-hmm. a female character who's exposed to be a fraud. There are some female characters who are very motivated for evil unless you're like but what if you saw the musical wicked which shut up not the same <laughs> shut up it's not the same goodbye goodbye i enjoyed it but like go away for now <laughs> i'll see the movie when it comes out go away for now though hey can i say something really dumb that sure. everyone's gonna hate uh-huh <laughs> uh-huh thank you <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> i couldn't help but notice some similarities to harry potter specifically the houses i knew you were gonna say okay. this <laughs> Because, here's the thing, the line is all about bravery and courage. That's Gryffindor. Tin Man's like, I want a heart. That's kind of a Hufflepuffy. Scarecrow, he wants a brain. Brains, Brainiac, Ravenclaw. And then, I guess the witch is Slytherin? And then Dorothy... For the 500th time, fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> I checked out because I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, I, so I was like, I was a good time to check out. I dislike, yeah, ever checked her phone. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, now's a good time. <laughs> I Well, for the fans well, at home who love Harry Potter... Harry Potter is ripped off of something. Great. No. Well, when I was in the fringe, I walked through the graveyard and I, I did have coffee where J.K. Rowling's at. Oh, cool. But I didn't know that until people were like, oh, that's where J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they sounded like? <laughs> yeah. Also, to be fair, just making sure my grandma was okay. <laughs> so, fair enough. We'll see. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. that's a pure motivation. Yeah, so I had to check my text and I was like, no, good day. <sighs> Harry Potter is bad, Caitlin. No, it's, it's boring. Not. It's boring. Lemony Snicket is bad. Don't tell me. That's one I haven't seen. It's objectively bad. It's, it's so go badly away. written. It's I need to horrible. go home. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, let's. Uh, does anyone have any final thoughts about the movie? How women are portrayed in the movie? I do have a Harry Potter follow up. Okay. And it's not mean. It's not mean. Because okay. I know that we argue about that all the time. But um, I, I do think that uh, if, we're, if we're pulling the parallels of like Dorothy and Harry Potter, those are both central characters who are the moral core of the story. And if you look closely, there's not much there. But that's intentional because it's supposed to be like, oh, this is the person that the audience is like this is me. I'm the star, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like just sort of one of those characters where everyone around Dorothy is very interesting and very active and very flawed and all this stuff. And then Dorothy is like, she's great. Yeah. Um, and which I think is kind of the same for Harry Potter. And that's, I don't know. It's a winning formula. Yeah. Harry Potter. Don't argue that Harry Potter's an interesting character. (laughs) I'll flip this table. No, I wasn't going to, I was going to say that he is probably the least interesting character of all the characters in Harry Potter. But I think it's kind of on purpose. Yeah. So that, you know, the less you give this person to do besides move through this world of more interesting characters, the more little kids are like, Hey, Mm-hmm. That's me. Right. Because there's nothing interesting about me either. I'm nine. <laughs> <laughs> I identify most with the Tin Man because I, 
I don't have a heart. <laughs> I, don't heart. <laughs> I don't know how to feel emotion. Man, this dude gave everything up for his wife, for his for his lover. Is it man? Yeah. She Is needed... that the... Huh? The Tin Man. That's his story. That's why he got so rusted. He, he needed an arm, so he chopped off his arm. He needed a leg. Yes, chop... yes. So he worked and he worked and finally he got rusted. And then his wife passed away. That's and that's not like you learn that in the book though, in right? The, I, in the movie not, too, I think, right? I the mo- think now the so. movie boils that part down by quite a bit, uh, but yeah, the, the the Tin Man does basically cut off all mm-hmm. of his extremities. Exactly why I identify with him. I have no limbs. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylin sitting here, off. she's literally a chicken nugget. <laughs> <laughs> But we love her so I'm much. I'm just the head. I'm actually the great and powerful Oz. I'm just a floating head. That would be and I'm so like, cool. <laughs> but I think in the book they also say that the Tin Man made a deal with the Wicked Witch of the West. Did they? Oh, I don't remember I that. I think I remember that. Like, um, for the consciousness or for the brain. Some, there's something there. Interesting. I remember I, I that, might wait, a, that might be a what thing. Is, what do the ruby slippers do besides able you to get back to Kansas? Oh, what if that's it's the, the only infinite thing, powers. What if that's the only thing they can do, though? <laughs> Take you specifically back <laughs> to, to Kansas? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess in the in the movie version, I can't. I haven't read the book in so long at this point, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it's in play. And also in the book, they're silver slippers. Uh, and in the movie, they turn it to ruby because they're like, we've got this technicolor. We've got to show up primary color. 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 But it is silver uh, slippers throughout the books. I don't really know. I mean, we're. I guess we assume that they're. They can do. It's like the whatever el- the, you deeply want the, the most. The Elder Wand from what? Harry Potter. Sorry. What are you talking about? <laughs> I hey, honestly don't know. Hey, I think Aristotle, I've seen like two Aristotle, of the movies. Do you like Harry Potter? <laughs> He's so what? soft. <gasps> he gives it a medium or, thumb. Or, 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 okay, I know there's fans out there who like Harry Potter. Tweet at me, and we'll join a club. Let's we'll join a Harry Potter club. There, oh, I don't think there's enough Harry Potter fans out there. I think that's the real problem. <laughs> that's the problem. There just aren't For enough. crying it's out not loud. a worldwide phenomenon or anything. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it were to believe it would fulfill your deepest desire because that's what Dorothy wants more than anything is to go home. Mm-hmm. So okay. I guess all powerful. I don't yeah. Know. All right. I'll, I'll believe it. And then Toto, the most power, like, like probably the least uh, problematic male in the entire movie. <laughs> he's a whole man. He's, but a, he's, he's sort self-actualized. He ends up being... And Toto, I mean, there are times where Toto, like, genuinely... I forget the specific part, but there are times where Toto literally, like, leads the Scarecrow and the Lion and the Tin Man in the right direction. Oh, Because well, they're like, Ugh, and they're like, oh, wait, let's follow the dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's the one who um, is, like, playing with the curtain that the actual yeah, yeah, yeah. man is behind, and he pulls it across, and he's like, no, don't expose me. Yeah, exactly. So Toto mm-hmm. is the protagonist of this story, is what we're saying. <laughs> he's a smart little guy. He's a smart little guy. He's smart dude. Yeah. Hey, does the movie pass the Bechdel test? It sure does. It does. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of different scenes. <laughs> Starting with the chicks scene. Yeah. That was the right first away. thing I noticed was when Dorothy comes in and is like, hey, this lady is trying to take my dog. And she's like, shut up. I'm trying to count chicks. Yeah. <laughs> 70? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I hope that that was a hot improvised line by Annie. She was like, what's an impressive number for chicks? (laughs) 
And then a few scenes later, Dorothy, Auntie M, and Miss Gulch are all talking. Miss Gulch has like come to their house. She's like, "Give me the dog. I'm taking him away. The sh- I have an order from the sheriff." That's when like Auntie M's like, "I want to tell you what I think of you, but I'm a Christian woman, so I can't call you." She also cites twenty three years as like. Is any of them 23 years old? (laughs) That is great improvisation, though. (laughs) Right. Improv scene, that's depth, that's starting from the middle, that's giving a little background. (laughs) We're like, wait, tell us more about 20. Did you move from somewhere? She owns a lot of land. Okay. Wow. You're Uh, setting up a scene. (laughs) Is is Miss Gulch their landlord? We don't know. Well, I don't think so, because she's like, just because you own half the county doesn't give you the power but to own the rest, the rest of us. us. Oh, the rest of us. Right. She's like, I'm not owned by you. Also, Miss Gulch, what year is it? Get a car? Okay. If yeah. you're a landowner, Seriously. why are you riding a bike? Uh-huh. Maybe but she it, wants the exercise. But then wear I'm more sorry, practical I'm clothing. Her. I'm judging her. She's wearing, like, a dress that could get caught in the bicycle chains. But eh. wait, it, even though this was filmed in 1939, it may not have been set in 1939. Was it because supposed to take place? In- it's a horse and a carriage. He's he's fixing a, a cart. Oh, true. Very and they true. let the horse free when the tornado's there. Oh, yeah, they do. And then, uh, and then, and then even the horse comes back. In, in Emerald, in the Emerald City, <laughs> that used to be my favorite part of the movie: is the horse that changes colors. The horse of a different color. Talk about dip a pet. Mm, yeah, <laughs> they <laughs> dipped that pet hard. <laughs> I love that, that part. Poor, of the movie. Yeah, they had to dye those ho- like s- probably several different horses. I remember one time I was watching that movie with all my cousins, and my cousin Chloe was like, "The horse is like a mood ring," and we were like, "Whoa, the horse is like a mood ring." <laughs> Just yeah. some food for thought for all you intellectuals out there. <laughs> uh, there's a few other scenes where it passes the Bechdel test whenever Dorothy meets Glinda. She's like, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And she's like, witches are old and ugly. And she's like, well, that can't be true because I'm beautiful. I'm fucking hot. <laughs> uh, love her. Love her dress. And then the Wicked Witch of the West shows up and then they all talk. And she's like, who killed my sister? Was it you? They talk about the ruby slippers. In fact, I think when women are talking to each other in this movie, it's almost never about a man. Unless it's about the wizard. Or Toto. Oh, true. Or Toto, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're viewing Toto as a man. He's male. He's a male How does Toto identify? <laughs> <laughs> right. They, are, they do talk about the wizard. So yeah. let me retract that stupid thing that I said. No, no, no. I mean, but I think that... It's never like a romantic interest, which right. is... So, you know, this is a unless we're to read in, maybe Dorothy has a little crush on Hunk, which I think in this movie world, she probably does. If you're dreaming at the end, you're giving a nice long hug to the Hunk figure. Mm-hmm. Who would it? But I mean, she's 12. Right. Toward the end, it passes the Bechdel test again. Dorothy is in the witch's castle. She's like, give me back my dog. And she's like, give me my fucking slippers. And she's like, No. All conversations that pass the Bechdel test. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think you're right that almost every exchange between women in this movie, which there were a fair amount of pass the Bechdel test, and it was nice to like watch it with that in mind and be like, oh, you know, it it passes as well as I would hope it would. Yeah, it passes better than the women, yeah. which does not pass the Bechdel test. Amazingly, wait, did does it? There are very small exchanges where they're not talking about a man. Hi, hi. But there, you're right. There wasn't a single man on screen the entire movie, which is amazing. Yeah, 
But also, they're never not talking they're about it. They're never not talking about it. I a do man. love that movie. It's crazy. <sighs> I'll give it another shot, but I don't think I'll ever like it. Anyway, um, let's rate uh, Wizard of Oz. On our nipple scale, we uh, rate the movie on a scale of zero to five nipples based on its portrayal of women. I'm going to give it five nipples. Dorothy, I think, is a strong character, especially considering the time. Very iconic female protagonist Then in this movie is like, stood the test of time. And She's in up. our logo for crying out loud. She is in our, our logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Illustrated by our very own Jamie Loftus. I just picked the ones I liked. <laughs> she drives the story. She's making a lot of decisions. She does have to be saved. But as you pointed out, would the people who saved her have the tools to even do so if she had not empowered them in the first place? Mm-hmm. That's a great uh, example of setting yourself up on the back end so that when you're in a fucking spot, you're like, well, at least I trained these people to rescue me. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, the other female characters, they're, you know, they're distinct. They're in charge of stuff. They're They're making choices. They're Mm -hmm. doing their own stuff. Mm -hmm. They can count to 70 at least. At least. (laughs) But it seemed like she kept counting. Yeah, she did. (laughs) She kept putting them in a hat. (laughs) Uncle Henry, meanwhile, was like, I didn't graduate past the sixth grade. I don't know how to get this We have all the baby chickens. (laughs) He's just like, oh, wow. We're supposed to be counting them. So that we were just touching them. Yeah, I mean, especially compared to the men in the story, a lot of them are beta males a lot of them have like all of them are beta can we get a beta male counter on this how many times (laughs) we've all said beta (laughs) betas on the brain a lot of them are like you know subordinates of of a woman who's in power give me your betas give me your subordinates this is i think pretty sure what's written on the statue of liberty (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i i'm gonna say it's a five five nipples and they all belong to the cowardly lion because he is a, a feline with i, ju- I think uh, cats have a feline <laughs> i like it yeah the cat that's a, Do a cats word have right six nips I, they might even have eight all like even the boys i'm not a cat all fan. boys have nipples all embryos start out but six as, as female and then as we learn in jurassic park there's a <laughs> but six i think so six for boys too i'm gonna look it up neato i say it's a five nipple cast agree all around agree i feel like i've argued my points and even when she needed to be rescued it was still being rescued from a woman who wanted the shoes back for infinite power true okay here we go eight, eight nipples eight nips <laughs> Uh, I, I like that the picture is a cat with a banana. <laughs> nipples. Google how many nipples does a cat have, and then in like it very large you. font, eight <laughs> nipples, and then a photo with a cat, someone with holding a, a banana to the cat to entice it, and all eight of its nipples. <laughs> I give this movie eight nipples. <laughs> no, I give it. I, I give it five nipples too. I mean, I think especially for. I mean, if you're going on the yardstick of 1939, mm-hmm. the Mickey Rooney. <laughs> if we're going on the yardstick of Mickey Rooney's Macaroni. Weenie World, oh, which, circular. which would not pass the Bechdel test because it is Mickey Rooney's Weenie World. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, this whole story does a, a great job of empowering its female characters uh, almost as a bonus. It's like, uh, and all the men are flawed in one way or another, and that's that's fun. But all the female characters are great. And give it five nips and give two nips to the Wicked Witch of the East. 
Because we don't get to see her nips. We only get, we get to, to see, see everyone feet. else's nips. Yeah, just mm-hmm. her feet. We get to see so many nips in this movie. <laughs> uh, I'll give two of those nips to Judy Garland's bound down nips. So she looked a little more 12, but mm-hmm. she didn't look 12. Nope. So it's almost just like let her nips go free. And then I'll give one nip to the lion, even though apparently he had seven others. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Hey, Ever, this has been a delight. So much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. For coming yeah, here course. and talking about this movie with mm-hmm. us. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Where can people find you online? You can find me online at evermaynard.com. You can find me on Twitter at evermaynard, Instagram at evermaynard, Facebook at evermaynard, Snapchat, buttholesnapper69. <laughs> I was say, we almost had full synchronicity and then we hit buttholesnapper69. <laughs> it's my Snapchat. Um, when does this go up? This will go up mid-June. Oh, okay, you can catch... Me and, and Caitlin will be there too for Maynard Town, the next edition, and and um, hell yeah, yes. Yeah. If you live in Los Angeles, come to the Nerd Mount Showroom. Ever Maynard puts on a show called Maynard Town. It's an improvised town hall meeting. I play the safety patrol officer, yeah. self-appointed, self-appointed safety patrol. <laughs> Talk about a, an empowered female <laughs> character. Right? Yeah. No one's gonna put me in charge. I'll put myself in charge. <laughs> no one puts Caitlin in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous there. there. <laughs> Cool. Well, yeah. we're we're off to see the wizard. Well, anyways, thank you guys for having me. <laughs> guys, thank you so much. <laughs> it's been a real my card lemonade time. Oh, it's... we own. We, we are. Good night. Bye. 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 Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. Going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.